Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And he's old. And I'm young. But we're both cute. You're listening to a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again. With your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do. Because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty Bout get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah Cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged This the man down the dialogues We at it again Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues. I am your host, Nick Scopes. And I'm the Gregalicious. <laughs> oh, we're back to that was my alarm. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to it. I figured today we can roll with it. Kim brought it out in you. And our guest today, let me introduce you before we get into this. The funniest hip-hop dancer that I've ever met, Kim McVicker. What's up, Kim? What's up? Uh, yeah, I was listening to your opening song. It's, uh, it made me feel like a rap star. I love that. Did it bring you back? Make you want to jump up and dance? <laughs> it does. I love a, a basic, you know, rhythm and beat of old school rap. And especially when things rhyme, I get very excited. <laughs> well, um, thanks for enjoying our song. You're, <laughs> you're so far one of three of 92. <laughs> So it's awesome for us. It's a great day. So how are you? How's West Coast? I'm, I'm great. LA's good. Uh, supposedly it's going to be the coolest of the warm weather today out here. I don't know what that means, but that's the coolest the of the warm said. weather. <laughs> what temperature? Yeah. Are we I was about? reading. This is what I was reading on the news, and I was like, "Wait, this is how we're wording things now." It's like the nice, like it's just such a weird, you know, way to word how the weather is like just go outside it's the same it's california it's always the same yeah, it would be nice if the weatherman just was like you know what it's not going to be as fucking hot today <laughs> yeah just be straight up yeah <laughs> yeah it's insane so how are you keeping busy i have been keeping busy uh i have a i still have some writing gigs that i'm doing right now which is you know very chill um and and i and i'm so thankful <laughs> that i have something to do um, because I have a lot of time, so yeah. it's pretty good that I have all this extra time to figure out storylines. What kind of writing stuff? What is it for? Is it for TV? Uh, I can't say all of it, but uh, it's mostly kids stuff. It's kids stuff, so oh, that's it's cool. Getting into like little kid territory, so oh, that's nice. also very fun. Nice, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So let's, I guess, talk a little bit about you and your comedy and your background. So you were raised in Canada, right? Correct. Yep, I'm, and one of you lives in Connecticut. Is that true? We both do. Both. Do. Oh, cool! That's the first place I moved to when I moved to America. Oh, really? Where in Connecticut? Danbury, yeah. Connecticut. Oh, that's not Danbury. Too... What? What? That's not too far. Hey, me and right. me, me right. and Nick. We one of our claims. No idea if it's true or not. Is that we were the first podcast to broadcast from an inside an actual hockey rink. Oh, and cool. that was actually at the Danbury Ice Arena. Yep. <laughs> which, great. which I had no idea even existed, and I've lived in Connecticut for 15 years, that there was a hockey arena with a hockey team playing in Danbury, Connecticut. 
you probably didn't know that either. So I did not. Yeah. No. So okay. we, how, we, how long we, were you in Connecticut for? Until you moved? I want to say like two years, maybe one or two in that realm. What brought you here? Um, so I was touring as a backup dancer for a long time. Um, and then I was spending more time in America than Canada. And my mom had a job opportunity to come over to the U.S. as well. So her and I kind of came over here and Danbury is just like where she picked for a home. Right. And I remember back then, I want to say I was like a junior in high school. And I want to say it's kind of around when Columbine happened. Um, because I remember Canada's news is always a little different than America's. I remember moving here and being so petrified of going to a school with like metal detectors because hmm. everyone was in Canada like, if you go to a school with metal detectors, you know everyone outside knows you're not packing. And I was like, what? Ah! Like, <laughs> so panicked that uh, it was going to be such a different world. And then the only other thought process that I had of American schools was that it would be like safe by the bell. Right. Like, those are the two theories that I thought America was. And I do have to say, I had built-in locks in my locker, so I was pretty... It's pretty close to stay by the belt. It felt good. That's that's so funny how like there's um I don't know if you're familiar with football at all, but Michael Strahan, he came to the US. He lived in Germany his entire life and he came to the US when he was a senior in high school, right before his senior year. And, you know, the the big thing when he was living in Germany was they kept saying, like, the war on drugs, the war on drugs in the U- United States, whatever, right? And he drove by a drugstore in Texas where it just literally said drugs. And he thought, <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, there's stores for this? What the hell is going on? Yeah, it's just such a different perspective when yeah. you're from outside. Nothing against Michael, but he's a, he was a great football player, but I'm not so sure he was the world's best scholar. I mean, yeah. Um, so wait, those so not, those usually don't go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I was going to say football, right? <laughs> so okay. Granted, so, I went to school for dance, so I'm probably in the same educational range as that. <laughs> so we're yeah, good. You're funny. You're funny. So who cares? Yeah, That's exactly. Funny. Okay, okay. Sweet. So okay. all right. So you moved to Connecticut. You were already dancing as a hip hop backup dancer in high school. Yeah, I started touring when I was ten. Um, I tell some of those stories in my special because. I like flew by myself at 10 and I always can't imagine how I was never taken. <laughs> Nobody, I was never in the underground trade. <laughs> okay. And I should have been. Watched, wait, been. I watched your special. Wait, you talking about that was so funny. Yeah, I know. Oh, but so wait, funny. so what kind of backup dancing in hip hop is a 10 year old? Who were who you <laughs> oh, dancing great, for? Great start. Okay. So first of all, I thought I, I'm, for those who can't see me, I'm a very white, blonde, curly haired female. Um, and I started uh, dancing when I was like five I was on TV like I'd been dancing in but not as a hip-hop dancer just as a dancer and then I went on tour for uh, Savion Glover who's mm-hmm. a tap dancer yep. that was like the first thing I came to America for and then on that I met uh, a hip-hop dancer I wanted to it was very young blood it was probably another girl first um, who introduced me to hip-hop and then I was like oh this is so cool um, you don't have to point your feet like there's no technical aspects which there is just as a kid I didn't feel that way and then I auditioned in Canada for um, Culture Shock, which is like this underground street hip hop thing that still exists. And it's all over the world. Every country kind of has their own. And it's like literally underground street break dancing. And I like got on that team. And I just remember in Canada, they they introduced their like Culture Shock straight from the streets. And then all of a sudden, it's like 10 year old me popping out like, yeah, let's get it, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Such a weird I'm sure people were like, this is not right. This is not how it should be. But I could break dance, like very minimal. 
but I could do like basic little things and people were like, Oh, look at that girl try. Right. She's cute. <laughs> She's trying. Yeah, I thought it was so so street though. I thought it was it. So At that, 10, I was like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You so that, know. that was a tour. So that you went on tour with that, tr- like, thing, culture True. Shock, mm-hmm. right? And then I was also dancing for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, my right eighth grade going into freshman year of high school, I auditioned for the Toronto Raptors, and I got on that. Wait a minute. Um, uh, yeah, I was like on. a cheerleader dancer. I have a weird childhood, guys. Get ready. Buckle Wait a second. Yeah, but, like, the, the tr- why would they? I, I, that's just... The I'm Raptors hired a 13-year-old? Yeah. yeah, they did. Well, they had a junior team and an adult team, and I was kind of in between both. Um, so I did dance with the little kids, and then sometimes, like, the I forget what they're called. Uh, and then I danced with the older kids as well. Um, and it was just such a weird experience. The only thing my mom had to sign, like, a waiver saying that I couldn't dance with the that Blue logo. Like, I wasn't allowed legally because I wasn't old enough to drink right. to sponsor that Uh company obviously um and it was really cool it was really interesting you know i don't know i just had such a weird dance career as a kid how long did you I just dance? kept lucking into things how long did you dance for the raptors uh until i moved to america oh okay yeah so you didn't you didn't like progress to like the the halftime show like those no like, we would do all that yeah all of those yeah no, that's wow. pretty wild i had no idea what a weird, right? I didn't, right? Know, I didn't so know at weird. that yeah. age you can do that. Like I had no. I mean, you're not supposed to. <laughs> my mom had to like sign so like I my sister was auditioning I think, and then I was like I'm gonna do it. I used to just audition for stuff because I was there, and then I would always be like, Mom, don't come in. I I can handle this. And then that one specifically, they were like, We need your mom to sign. You're not old enough. And then my mom had to come back and sign. I was like so embarrassed. Like, oh, were you the so youngest cool. one on that dance team? Yeah, at the time I was the youngest uh, that had ever been on the team, and it was like in the paper in Canada. Oh my god, that's um, wild! Did the player like did Did you have any interaction with the players? Oh yeah, Tracy McGrady. Uh, I have like a card signed by all of them for my birthday. It was like the second year that Toronto, maybe second or third year Toronto had a team. You know right. what I mean? It was back yep. when it was brand new. Yep. Um, so then they were all there. I remember. Um, uh, Mike, I think it was like when Michael Jordan's last season was there because I remember when we moved to the new building, this was like a few years in, um, the incoming team's locker room was attached to our dressing room <laughs> at the time. And so like at halftime, they were like trying to knock and like get some, not from me, obviously, uh, but like as a kid, seeing them try to hit on older women, I was very much like, do you want to win the game? Like I'm so confused. I'm so competitive as a dancer that I was like, why are you guys trying to, yeah, like I was very like, the game is tight. What are you trying to get something for right now? She's focusing on, she's not going to want to sleep with you unless you win. Get it together. Like my thought process was so different. Uh, That's insane. From watching that. That is insane. So. (laughs) Who's the the biggest artist you ever danced for? Biggest hip hop artist. I've danced for like Puff Daddy. Uh, I've done the VMAs, like all of that stuff when he was hosting. Um, I've danced with a lot of famous people in different countries and things like that. Like, well, as what? Just like the like a one-off performance or on a tour? Um, I've done both. Uh, mostly, I did one-off, uh, mostly one-off things because I never wanted to be a dancer. I, <laughs> as much as I trained for it, I outwardly would say this is just for fun, and then I would audition for things, and I would always mess up in the audition. And, like, my go-to move if I forgot the combo was to, like, semi-hump the floor. <laughs> and then they would always book me. And I was, like, just proof of the fact that, like, 
you don't have to be perfect. I think they just were like, who would be fun to hang around? All right, let's just hire this folks. <laughs> get that girl who's uh, humping the floor. That's what I do when I get in sticky situations. I just hump the floor. And just yeah, play. that's my go-to when I bomb in a room right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go from dancing to comedy? Exactly. Um, so I moved to Connecticut, and then uh, junior senior year of high school, I got into like doing Second City in New York when it was still there. Right. Um. And so I started doing that and I really enjoyed the comedy of it. I'd always been like a storyteller on, on, you know, dance shows and things like that um, with like all of the other teams. And I think a lot of it had to do with being the youngest kid trying to like stay cool with older people that I'd always try to like tell stories. And then Second City, I got into like writing short form scripts and things like that and like figuring out like how to build a story properly. And then uh, I moved to California eventually and I just was like, I want to try stand up. And I just said it. And then literally the next day I wrote like the worst three minutes of anybody's life. And then I told my best friend, Grace, that I was going to do iOS. The theater no longer exists as well. Um, And she invited the head of a network to come watch me. And I was like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? This is not cool. And that guy who I'm still friends with today was there. And he was like, no, 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 you were terrible, but there's, like, gems within the He was, like, so honest. And it was so interesting because it was in the back of iOS, which is, like, this, like, you know, if you're not in the main room, like, the under, like, the subroom of it. There were, like, maybe eight people in the audience, and a comic got up and made fun of the guy who was one of the heads of the network and rubbed his head and stuff. And I was just, like, oh, you never know who's in the audience. Like, that guy had no idea that that guy, the other guy, could control like help his career you yeah. know what i mean yeah for sure and he totally shit on him and i was like oh bad timing yeah right it's just like an open mic like a terrible signed up open mic what did you uh what did you talk about your first time on stage oh god i want to i gotta try to remember it <laughs> i honestly don't remember it's so long ago i'm sure i still have the piece of paper somewhere um i remember i was living with an ex and we had just broken up but we decided we we're gonna finish out our lease together because you know that's that's good right a one bedroom with your ex that's always fun um so i think i probably touched on that maybe um (laughs) but i'm not sure yeah how long wait so you broke up and then how long did you have left on the lease no 11 months like we broke up within the first month of moving in together (laughs) yeah and we we to his credit we got through it like and there was really no fighting uh we had like a the rule was like, you can sleep with whoever, obviously, but you just can't bring them here. And it was just like, that's how we dealt with it. Don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. So how, <laughs> how long were you together before you moved in together and then broke up a month after you moved into the apartment? Maybe a year. Maybe. It's like too soon. I used to, just too soon. Wow. I used to always move in with whoever I was dating because I'd always think of the economics. I'd be like, well, it makes more sense financially. Like in my mind, I was always like, yeah, it's just cheaper. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's it's, it's yeah. Because actually... I've always lived in cities. Yeah, it's like we'll make it work. <laughs> it's it's a good philosophy, and wow. then you just roll with That's it after. Incredible. So, what what was your like first break in in comedy? Oh, I don't even know. Um, I I couldn't even. That's a great question. I, I mean, just getting past that, like different clubs, I right. guess, and then. I was still, and I still do sometimes uh, work within the dance world. And so I was dancing and doing stand-up. And for me, it was like good in that I would travel for dance and I'd find a club nearby 
and then I would do like their open mic and then try to meet the booker or the owner of it and then be like, here's my proof of concept. And then I would book like real gigs later. Right. Uh, And that was like kind of how I got into it. I started with more traveling and being stationary. What what was the first club you were passed at? Ooh, I, uh, I don't even, it was all in LA, all LA clubs. Right. Probably like the improv maybe. Right. How, How long have you been in LA living in LA for? Uh, this time around 10 years, uh, I've been in and out of LA. I've been here and then I went to Florida and then I came back here. Right. And how often are you performing in the clubs in town now? Uh, well, not COVID, but before right, COVID, yeah. uh, pretty much every day, you know, every day. Oh, really? There's a, that's the wonderful thing about living in a city. Like you can go up as many times as you want. Or like when I visit New York city, you know, you can do like five in a night, Yeah. you know, cause there's so many places. Right. Do you have any favorite club out in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles, I do love the improv. It's probably my favorite um, because it just feels like uh, your crowd is always half locals, half not. So it's like it feels more honest. Um, It kind of has like I love Vegas for that same reason is that it's got a little bit of everybody there. Um, So for me, I like that. And then it's just like I know their food and that's important. So it's great. You know their food. <laughs> I know what I'm. I know what I'm going to order. So I'm chill there. <laughs> I actually. I know the bartenders for friends. I, I, um, I get that. I get that 100. I I like the improv. It's the club in town I've gone to. Not probably actually yeah probably the least. But I really like that front bar room. Like just mm-hmm. the the whole atmosphere of that room is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like just, just chilling in that room is fun. And even in their back room, like the room that like. A lot of people say you die, and I actually think it's my favorite room, the lab, because the bar is there, so you can drink and go up. Yeah, no, that's the that's the room I meant actually. That's that's the room, not yeah. not, not the very not the front of the club. The, yeah, I guess the back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg's dumb. It's cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, Kim, I want to talk about your special. So I got cool. to watch. Let's do it. I got to watch the first half this morning. Then I had to go to work, but I'm going to finish it later. <laughs> So you're up to one of the dances or none of the dances? Yeah, I saw the opening. That's what I wanted to get to. It was like, that was so different. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch the stand-up special. And then I was like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is awesome. This is so different. Like, I mean, what, I guess my question is like, what was the, obviously it's a, it was a big part of your life, but to bring that into stand-up, like, why did you want to do that? It was great. Great By the way, but I'm just curious why. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so when somebody offered me to produce this special, I was like, okay, I want to do me though. You know what I mean? Like I want to be true to me and I want to write a rap song. I'm so not a rapper. I have no intention of ever having a rap career, but I like, it's probably more of a pop song if I'm honest anyway. Um, but I wanted to write a song in the middle, but I didn't want to write, I wanted to write a song I could dance to. And that's in the middle of the special. Right. Um, I was going to ask if that so was your was, song, if you wrote that. The second, the stripper song is mine. Yep. Um, and that's on my Instagram, kim.mcvicker. You can see that now if you don't want to go watch the whole thing. Um, but please go watch the whole thing. Please notice <laughs> me that it's called, you know, because I need attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had the opportunity to put in dance and I actually another, so Comedy Dynamics, I love them so much. They produce it. They're amazing. Um, but at the same time, another company asked to produce my special, but it wouldn't have been able to have the dance. And then I was like, well, obviously I'm going to go with people who are letting me be me. Um, and it, it seems so cool that they allowed me to have the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And a lot of part, a lot of my jokes are about being on tour. And, you know, I was the girl who like crawled around all of the rappers 
you know, growing up. So it felt nice to like have a bunch of guys do it. It felt like I finally earned my stripes yeah. you know, for like, like you grind on me this time. Let's do it. Yeah, right. I mean, you said that in the, yeah. in the, in the special. So who, who was the company that wouldn't let you do a, your dance thing or you don't want to say? I'm not going to say that in case I change my mind one day. <laughs> What a dumb question, Greg. Well, listen. Yeah, I mean, it, there there's no such thing as dumb questions. Just questions. There, just, I'm kidding. Just questions people don't want to answer. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean that is a little weird. I mean, the the dance thing, I I think really brought out it's so your, unique. Yeah, it really so brought out your whole personality in over the top to bottom of the special. Um, I think. But it was harder to find a theater to do it in. Right. Because most places that you do stand up, the stage is too small yeah. or the ceilings are too high when you find a stage big enough. So it's like finding that balance. Because I would have done it in a regular club, right. but it just wasn't doable um, with having four other people on stage with you at times. Where'd you do it? And I had surgery. We did it at the Stella Adler Theater on Hollywood and Highland, like right in the middle of the, the city. Yep. And um, I had surgery three weeks before we shot on my ankle, which was. Uh, what? Uh, uh, like they took out a nerve, and then I was like, "Okay, we could do this." <laughs> but adrenaline pushed through. Did you choreograph the the dancing and all that? Uh, no, I hired a guy named Sam. Uh, he is an amazing choreographer. He travels all over the world, and he's a really good friend of mine. And I didn't want to have to. My husband was like, "Why aren't you doing the dancing? You dance your whole life." And I was like, "The last thing I want to think about is the dance. Yeah. Like I want to just be thinking of the comedy." Right. You know? When did you move in with your husband? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So our first date ever, I was like, I'm not moving in with you, just so you know, because I had learned my lesson. Like, I was like, literally our first date, I was like, I'm never living with it. I moved into my own place for the first time. Well, maybe the second time. But I was like, I'm not living with a man. No, 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 no. You need to, like, first date, like, why would you date this chick again? She gave me rules right out of the gate. And uh, then he proposed to me a month later. <laughs> a like, month oh. later? <laughs> Damn, God, yeah, dude, I, you move quick, huh? <laughs> Yeah, by the time I'm 90, I'm going to have lived so many lives. Man. That's, so how long so, have you been married? Seven years now, in August. Wow. How? Okay, so you met him, you got engaged a month later. How long were you engaged for before you got married? Six months. Wow. Right? Crazy. Very dangerous. <laughs> but so far, so good. Very dangerous, seven years later. Is he in the entertainment business? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He oh. is a director and a writer, um, and he definitely he did he he did. We met at a comedy cage match, um, like an improv show. Um, I was on a team with two other girls called I think we were calling it Two and a Half Lesbians at the time. Um, and then he was on a team with two other guys. It was a three on three tournament, and right. we have the video of us like high fiving each other, and then me flipping them off, and that's like how we met. Of me being like, "Fuck you, you're going down." I can curse, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure, of course. Cool, cool. Wow, that's pretty awesome. A writer, that's crazy. Is he Martin Scorsese? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> James Cameron? <laughs> no, no, I wish. Justin, no, no, no. Justin, we live in a one-bedroom apartment. Justin Bieber? No, no, no. <laughs> Nick, just start rattling yeah, off Justin names. Justin Bieber's side piece. <laughs> Justin Bieber's side piece. Hey, that's not a bad place to be. You're doing all right. In life. Yeah, like triple his age, right? Or I don't know. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. I think Justin Bieber's old now. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's... Maybe withered, yeah. Anytime you've toured that much, yeah, right. He's definitely like drained. You could just see him, like in his look and his face. He's just like, man, I'm real tired. 
<laughs> got I've a, done yeah. it all. Got a lot of tattoos. So what? Um, so what do you think is coming next? Obviously, the whole COVID thing. But where? Like, what do you see? <laughs> I mean, you're writing, but where do you go? Like now, like what's on the horizon? I love stand up, so I'm going to try to write a whole new thing. Um, not to necessarily think about doing another special anytime soon. Just you know, starting from scratch again. Um, and then who really knows? Like I like writing for companies, but my main favorite thing to do is stand up. Like I can see myself doing this until I'm just too old to do anything else. Right. Now after, after you do a special, do you just like retire all that, all those jokes and everything? Are you kind of done with it and you can move on to completely something new or do you sprinkle them in when you're like doing sets around LA? I plan on scrapping it. I've been scrapping it. So that's my go-to, but they're there if like tragedy hits and the room hates me. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say I'll never do them if I need it, right. but in general. Also, the world is so different, you know, like what is so everything has changed so dramatic. I shot that in January, so like so much has happened since January that it's all very different anyway. Not that my childhood has changed, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, most, you know, the special is, you know, obviously it's, it's your story. You know, so yeah. that's obviously never going to change. Your story is always going to be your story. Yeah. Um, and like, did you like the name? Please notice me. Is that something that came out of the material, or when you were envisioning doing, you know, a special? Is is that what you wanted to call it, regardless as to what the material was going to be? Well, uh, that was always going to be the title because um, there's an over arc of my father in it right. and trying to get his attention because I never really got to meet him too much. Um, so it was more like, a, hey, do you notice me now, Dad? Right. <laughs> like, How about now? <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Uh, and that's the other reason I put in the dance break. Uh, when I watch stand-up specials, and I love watching them, but it doesn't matter. At 22, 25 minutes in, I'm bored. Like, And not because the comic's not hilarious, but I start to daydream or I want food or something. So then I was like, oh, let's put in some dance breaks so people can like, you know, clear the brain for a second yeah. and then go back in. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, I, 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 I knew what starting out once the dance thing started, that there was going to be more dancing throughout this, this special, but I didn't know where it was going to be. And then at each point it was like, it was so perfect <laughs> to just keep, <laughs> to keep like the energy up and like really grab you back. It, it was really, I thought genius, how to put how that whole thing worked top to bottom like who who are your comedic like influences i love bill burr i love bill burr so much um and i have gotten because i live in la to do shows with him uh not intentionally just like we're on the same bill it's not like he was like hey kim come do the show with me uh right. we're not like that yet hopefully one day yeah uh, <laughs> bill find me um no so, like uh, I love how he talks about, like, I, he talks about such relatable things to me. You know, like, the whole, this is years ago, he used to do that bit about, you know, getting a sandwich and the person's like, the mayonnaise is over there. And he'd be like, you go get the goddamn mayonnaise. I'm paying 100% for you to do all of it. Which is how I feel about Starbucks versus coffee bean. Because coffee bean makes you go get your own whatever, but Starbucks is everything. And it's like, yeah, if you're going to pay $4 for a drink, you're making the whole damn drink. Like, <laughs> so... I like how he like finds the like most simplest things and like, yeah, that does get me heated too. I didn't realize how mad I was until you pointed it out. Thank you. 
and then I get agitated, which is nice. <laughs> I actually like the coffee bean better than Starbucks, but it's it's, uh, it's more they make you get your own milk. Yeah, but you know what? It's this is going to sound insane, but it's it's really about their ice, right? Like I was never a person that could drink iced coffee, and then one day I was convinced to try an iced coffee from the coffee bean, and I did. And something about the their ice made the whole thing happen for me. And Is it because they're smaller chips? Yes, it's because Doesn't that make you feel like you're in a hospital? No, I never thought about that, actually. <laughs> Little baby chips. But thanks for it reminds, that. It reminds Greg when he was giving birth. <laughs> yeah. It, so, no, I just like that they're not really chips. They're little balls. They're like little ice balls. Worse. You just put, you just put yourself in a seed ball right oh, there. Oh, you made that so much worse. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. I'm, I'm comfortable with the ice balls and myself. It's all good. But I don't know. I'm, I'm partial to the coffee bean. But I totally understand your point because that does piss me off too when it's like it's over there. I'm like, well, same exact thing. It's like, fuck you. You, may, you yeah. give me this draw. Yeah, in Starbucks you can go and have, and I don't even have a bougie drink, but you could go in and be like, I want to have this with a whip of that, and they would do the whole thing, and I like that. Yeah. Well, I think, I'm going to say, I think probably Bill Burr is your favorite, because you guys are pretty similar. You talk about such relatable stuff as well, like everything about your family, and like your brothers, and your mom, it's like so well done, and uh, it keeps people intrigued. Like like you said, you're, I, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was saying about how, you know, even though like someone can get on stage and the crowd can kind of tell if you're being yourself or not, or if you're insecure or if there's something going on there. And, but if you're just you, people connect with that and it, it, it just works. And you saw that firsthand in your, uh, in your special. It was great. Thank you. People are always like, did your family know what you said about them? <laughs> your mom was there. <laughs> yeah. My, and my sister. My brother can't be because, you know, I talk about him being in prison. He's not allowed in America. So that's not, that's not on him. He would have <laughs> seen those jokes. <laughs> uh, he's just not allowed here. <laughs> so he can't. Um, but, yeah, it's really fun for people. But I will say my extended family did not know a lot of those things. And I forgot that we didn't tell them those things. Wow. Like uh, one of one of the, my family members messaged me like, me and the whole family, we're going to watch it tonight. And I called my brother. I was like, Sean. They're going to find out you went to prison. I forgot we never told them. And he uh, was like, uh, call mom. And I was like, mom, everyone's good. He was like, well, I'm just not going to answer their call. So like, it's, it's your family. And she was like, if they ask, I'm just not, I'm just going to say, you know, it's up to Sean if he wants to tell them. I'm like, well, it was really up to me because I already told them. Yeah, right. Like, makes makes yeah. make for a hell of an interesting Christmas dinner so fun and then they wrote back like it was nice to learn about our family history because i always told my grandma's passed away since but I, my grandma would always be like where's sean and i'd be like oh he's in landscaping like that was my go-to lie because he was in landscaping in prison but like it wasn't long i just didn't say where and that he was making 11 cents an hour yeah right we i had a very good friend that got in some trouble when we were kids and um he was a couple years older than me and was also uh, doing landscape work for three years without coming home. But we used to say that he was on vacation on a ski trip to like the younger kids and and, and, like the grandmas. Where's Billy? He's on a ski trip. He's been on a ski trip for two and a half years. The mountain's very tall. 
<laughs> yeah, that's so fun. It's a, it's a weird uh, thing how people feel shame over things that I don't think they should feel shame yeah, over right? personally. Yeah, I listen. Mis- you make a mistake. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, so besides Bill Burr and and like anybody else growing up that really brought you that you know got you that itch to be like I want to do that. I think I watched everybody. Like my brother Sean and my brother Patrick would watch like. Uh, kids in the hall a lot growing up. like i was watching that at like seven and eight years old before i'm yeah, like i should have yeah, been yeah um because my siblings are like nine and 11 years older than me so i was you know be introduced to other things more often so that i just always grown up with different forms of comedy and loving all of it you know yeah no for sure i mean that's kids in the hall is a great show i mean obviously from canada of course too um yeah so listen, we just, you know, we want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us and getting to know oh, you a little yeah. bit and talking about your awesome special. And for anyone who listens to us that doesn't know about the special, they should go watch it. Please yes, notice me. Please. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play. It's everywhere. So many places. Everywhere you find your comedy and good stuff to occupy your time. Yeah. Um, so listen, thank you very much for taking the time. And good luck with the special, and we will keep an eye on everything else coming from you. Thank you. And if you're ever in L.A., hit me up. I am. I, well, I, I used to let's always do, be in L.A. Let's do a dancer's team together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll we will. That place, you know that, that, that place, what was it, Millennium Dance Complex or whatever? Mm-hmm. Those videos I watch probably daily. Like, I think that's some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. So you need to look at the playground too. Then the playground is the, they have a lot of good videos too. I've seen that as well. Yes. I've seen a bunch of all those, like those choreographers out there. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Nick definitely wants to be a dancer, not even a joke. Like if he could figure out a way to make money dancing, um, isn't that called TikTok? Isn't that what everyone's doing? You could do that. Yeah, he's been trying. I should. I really, I've trying. been really shy, but I should. I mean, one of my favorite movies, grow, one of my favorite movies was, I'll say growing up, but it's recent, <laughs> is Magic Mike, the second one, though. The first one. Okay, okay. <laughs> I never dope. saw that movie yet. I just didn't see it. Yeah, it, it, I, see I, it I just for the dancing. I promise I mean, you it's not going to be in your top ten movies. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm not watching it for the dialogue. This isn't a fucking. What are you watching Magic Mike for then, buddy? The dancing, bro. Michael okay. Strahan is actually in it. <laughs> isn't story. it a sexy dance? Do you want to be a sexy male dancer? I would before I die. I would like to do that. Yeah. So this year, do it. Die this year. Yeah. You can do funny. it. You should start out on Grinder. <laughs> Already there. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, thanks again, and we will definitely catch up with you soon. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a great day. You too. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.